1: Welcome back to Beck Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Ryan Horbat here with you. And joining us now to talk about the future of Shohei Ohtani and the Angels is Sarah Valenzuela of the LA Times. Sarah, how much uh, is the trade for Lucas Giolito all about winning right now, and how much of it is about trying to convince Shohei Ohtani to stay with the Angels beyond this season?
2: Well, right now, the Angels are in a position they usually haven't been in, in in just a little quite – a, quite a little bit of a, a little while. Um, and they, they have a real chance of trying to make a run at, at the playoffs and making all those lovely dreams come true. Um, what they really needed out of most of the season was some stability in that rotation. Um, you know, even Otani has had his, um, his up-and-down moments, um, but he was always the ace of this staff, and trying to find a little bit more stability in the rotation is kind of what they they've needed um, and a little bit more stability in the bullpen they, they did get both of those things for a period of time um, unfortunately some inconsistencies kind of just put everything in flux here and there um, but yeah um, getting Giolito at He's also had a little bit of an up and down year, but he is an experienced arm, and perhaps being um, playing closer to home uh, might be beneficial for him. Um, but also, that experienced arm is something that the Angels that definitely need coming in, going down the stretch.
3: Yeah, Sarah, I, um, I'm here in Chicago, so I've watched Giolito up close for the last six and a half years. You're going to love talking to this guy. And there there was that three-year period where just career-high velocity and his strikeout rate was terrific, where he was kind of entering that Cy Young conversation. And I don't want to say he was a disappointment here. It's only because the expectations were so high that he was viewed as he was going to be a number one starter. And, you know, maybe uh, going back out west, that that changes things a little bit for him. Can, can you talk about how this changes the makeup of the rotation, I think, everyone expects to slot in as a number two starter and Lopez to uh, to pitch out of the bullpen there, but what does it do to the rest? How do you see that
2: shaking out
3: with their five?
2: Well, by having that um, by having a guy like Giolito sliding in um, it adds, like I said, that stability um, and perhaps a bit more consistency across the board. Um, they when we we've seen already that you know if if one part of the rotation can pitch uh, consistently can can pitch um, constantly and, and with command um, the the rest will sort of follow um, they've had a little bit of flux you know their swing number six starter situation has like it, it, it changed a little bit um, in, in terms of who fills that that thought, I mean, um, so just having a presence like Giolito in there kind of just, you know, on paper, it shores up what the stability of the rotation is.
4: Sarah, what's the latest on Mike Trout? Uh, you know, obviously he fractured his a left bone in his hand on July 5th, so it's been a while since we've seen him, uh, July 3rd, actually, to be exact. Uh, when's the latest or when's the soonest, you know, we might see Mike Trout back in the lineup here?
2: So, for Mike Trout, when he, uh, when he first fractured his hammock and very soon after that, got the surgery. Um, for hammock fractures in general, you're looking at about a four to eight week return time. It um, really just depends on how the person heals um, according to the, the doctors that I, I've spoken to, the medical experts I should say that I've spoken to, not Mike Trout specific doctor. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, on the early end, he could be returning somewhere in the middle of August. Um, that said, I've been away from the team for just a little bit. But the last, um, the last that we all heard was that he got his uh, stitches out and that the rest was just seeing how, how he recovers and how he heals. And that, the stitches coming out, that was um, the last home stand, the Wednesday of the last home stand.
1: Sarah, I know you need to get into the clubhouse and uh, also speak to manager Phil Nevin, so we'll let you do that. Sarah Valenzuela with the LA Times, thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. So... Angels and Tigers play a doubleheader. Uh, They rained out yesterday. And so today we get a really nice pitching matchup for game number one. Uh, Shoei Otani going up against Michael Lorenzen. Uh, To me, when you're looking at Woba, ex-Woba difference here, guys, uh, Lorenzen is very much due for regression. At the same time, the last three starts for Otani have not gone well for him. I don't know if it's this blister thing that's going on or just... Uh, the natural wear and tear of uh, a long season. Uh, But regardless, I'm still willing to believe that the regression that we are expecting for Lorenzen is going to outweigh any kind of problems that we may have uh, for Otani. So I put all of this together and I say minus 145 for the Angels in game one on the money line I think still offers some real value. Uh, Joe, any thoughts you have on this first game or perhaps also something that uh, Sarah brought up as far as looking at the future for the Angels?
3: Well, it's more kind of this decision to put this out there to SI and some of the other big name reporters with massive followings yesterday. That you know what, no, because we had heard earlier in the week they're going to let the Detroit series, they're going to let the Toronto series play out, and we still have five games, what six more games before we reach the deadline, and they've made their decision. They don't, they don't need to push it all the way to Tuesday. And let's see if a desperate team comes in. Yeah, you're we disappointed in the return. We didn't, we didn't really like anything. So I, I wonder if this is kind of the long play. None of us expected Otani. And, Horvy you were saying the same thing yesterday. None of us expected Otani to go anywhere or this to be a real thing. But they jumped the market, and they, they didn't try to push it with Otani too much because internally they knew they weren't going to make this move. And I I, maybe this helps them long term because you were able to jump the market and get Giolito, so the Sox were clearly going to be trading him. There was no question about it, and I I I think it was smart. We'll see what else they end up doing because I do think they're going to have to add a little bit more here, as especially as some of these other teams are contending with, are going to be adding over the uh, the next few days here, but. Just big picture-wise, I love I love the overall approach by the organization. Now, maybe I look stupid in the offseason, and they're going to be known as the team that let Otani go forever because that would be brutal, but yeah. you, you've got to go all in here.
4: See, and yeah, I, I see it both ways, right? Like, you, you have to see it both ways because if you're the Angels, right, Joe, you don't want to be the team that – let Otani get away and didn't get anything in return and also traded away some of your top prospects to go all in for this one last run to try to either convince him to stay or fight for a wild card spot when you were four games back. But also do you want to be the team, the organization that traded away the best player in major league baseball history? And then it's like, for eight, nine prospects, maybe one of them pans out. Like, I always got a kick out of this when I was doing, when I was covering the Brewers in Milwaukee and Keston Hera was coming back up. And, you know, you remember the Brewers make a run the first year I was covering the team to the NLCS they get all the way to game seven. And that year it was trade deadline time. And, you know, Madison's, Madison Bumgarner's name was being floated around. One of the best postseason pitchers in Major League Baseball history. And everybody's like, well, I don't want to give up Keston Hira, And I'm like, you don't even know what this kid is yet. But the, I agree, I really like, I, I like holding on to Otani, and I like going all in for this season, because like Sarah said, Mike Trout, you know, if he could come back in the middle of August, we never expect Anthony Rendon, i never expect him to play more than 50 games ever again, but, like, I love the Giolito pickup, because my only concern moving forward, I mean, you're getting enough offense right now, especially against righties here in the month of July, but you need to add an arm or two, maybe another bullpen arm. And I wouldn't even hate them going out and getting another arm just because my only concern right now with Otani is on the mound. You know, he has an ERA this month over seven, and he's getting hit pretty hard. He's allowed a 10.7% uh, percent barrel rate this season, which is a little concerning. You know, you look at his average exit velocity, that's in the 83rd percentile, but his hard hit rate is closer to average. So, I don't really want to tax his arm the rest of the season. I'd rather see a guy like Giolito and maybe another arm eat up some innings because that's my only concern with Otani. We know he's going to be great at the plate, um, but I'm just a little concerned with him on the mound here this month. Uh,
1: He looks a little gassed. Yeah. I I think one of the things, too, to think about when it comes to Otani is – you don't exactly just have him like every six day. It's not like, okay, he's very plug and play. There's there's something that you go, okay, we know what to expect out of him every six days, so we'll go out there and then that's it. There is some adjusting and moving him around and things like that. Certainly there was some chatter. Uh, you know, you've got this Tiger series that the Angels could very well sweep you know that's not that hard but then you're going up against the blue jays a team you do need to jump over in terms of getting one of those wild card spots so why not have otani in the mix for that particular series well because of all the care and concern that the angels have for otani it's not in their best interest to do that because they're worried about making sure that he is uh, readily available and pitching at a high level for the rest of the season also, in terms of, you know, not pitching in, in certain times, uh, you know, like outdoors when it's hot, things like that, uh, you know, like I think there's a, there was a report out there about him not pitching against the Braves because uh, the conditions may not be well enough or clement enough for him. So definitely when it comes to Otani, there, there is some handle with care, so to speak, Uh, And so to have someone like Lucas Giolito out there where he's can be a little bit more plug and play where you have a little bit more reliability as far as expecting when he'll be ready to go that to me is is a big advantage and something that the angels do desperately need in terms of sort of filling out the rest of that rotation and figuring out who's going to be the best pitcher in key spots so that to me is also really important and then when you get to this double header here i mentioned before i think backing otani here in game one makes a whole lot of sense and even though it is a double header and and oftentimes those things get split If the Angels are able to sweep it and they get this Detroit sweep here, Joe, then, again, we're talking about the Angels very differently than we did just a few days ago. Uh
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, we could wake up tomorrow and then, what, a three, two-and-a-half game lead? So, are games back as far as the wild card a few days before even getting to the trade deadline? Here's the other thing that we neglected to mention. Uh, with the Otani news, which I, obviously just as big as the Giolito news, is yeah. everybody with those AL MVP tickets can uh, can breathe easy, right? Because that <laughs> was the only concern. What if he gets yeah, traded right. to the National League? Then what, what happens to my ticket? Who's going to be your AL MVP? So I guess yesterday when uh, this news was released, I guess we got the announcement of the AL MVP, right?
4: Yeah. That was the only conversation, right? I mean Otani won this award in June. And you know what's funny about this whole thing, Ed, is Joe actually so I feel I'm I'm like a proud parent when it comes to Shohei Otani because I almost feel like I discovered Shohei Otani. I've been in love yeah, with you him, discovered since, him. You know, the first yeah. time since the first time I laid yeah. eyes on him. And also Joe gave me a hard time that first MVP. I bet it at eighteen to one. Joe, what did you call it? A chalky bet said that there was no chance. And that was the same year I got the twenty two to one on Aaron Rodgers to win MVP as well. So I like to I like to remind Joe.
3: It also went from forty to eighteen in the off season, and then you were you were bragging about it all year. So it's like, yeah, okay, fine. Everybody's betting it. Well, I was was a little sorry.
4: Yeah, sorry, Ed. I was a little late to the party because I had all my money tied up into college football win totals for five and a half months. I, I didn't get the best number on the <laughs> Shohei Ohtani MVP bet, but he still did the damn thing. I mean, let's be honest. Like, I, just, I love that the Angels are going all in, not only to keep Ohtani. If you're a fan, like that, that, that's what you want, man. There's nothing more heartbreaking than your team being out of contention in July and August. You know, You still have another month or two until football season. You have nothing to watch all summer long. And let's be honest, when you're going to the ballpark, you want to see your favorite players. And, you know, you're only four games out. You're going to get Mike Trout back. We all want to see Trout play in the postseason. Otani's the best player in the world, best player in baseball history. We want to watch him in October. So I'm excited. And you weren't going to get a, like, unless you traded him to the Dodgers, who, again, do have the number two farm system in all of baseball. I just didn't think you were going to get a good enough return. Even if you lose him for nothing, I just, I don't know what you would have gotten in return that would have made it worth it in the long run.
1: No. Right. To me, it's, it's supplementing you know? uh, a bereft farm system, so to speak. And that means that you're looking ahead, you know, years down the road. And again, you know, Horby, it's something I've talked about a lot on this show. Otani is so intertwined with the business side of Angels baseball. I mean, you look at all of these Japanese companies that advertise because Otani is playing for the Angels, too many things are are going on just within that entire organization to where losing Otani is a is a major hit beyond just not winning as many games. And so you know the Angels, it's it's ride or die at this point. And I, I definitely understand the uh the moves there. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, I guess we'll talk about the Angels a little bit more. Let's go or hell no is next, right here on the BetQL Network.